Hi everyone and welcome to our service today. We're so glad that you joined us for the fourth part of our series, Wake Up. It is your spiritual wake up call for 2021. Because let's be honest, we all know that there should be something more in our relationship with God, but something is missing. And through this series, this series and this 21 day fast and prayer is about helping you to get your relationship to where you feel it's supposed to be, where it should be. Stovall Weems said that, that passionate Christianity should be the norm for every Christian. Passionate Christianity should be the norm for every Christian, not the exception. So if you feel like you are not at a passionate place in your relationship, that is why the series is for you. And by the way, if you missed any of this, you can always go back on any of our platforms and you can go and listen to any of the previous messages. But we are busy with 21 days of prayer and fasting. We are 14 days behind us next Sunday. We will break our fast for those who have been participating. Um, if you haven't done a fast yet, you still have one week and you can fast for one week. So why don't you decide to join us for this coming week? But during this message, we've talked about fasting and creating space for God. We talked about removing obstructions between me and God. And today we're going to talk about the other thing that we've been mentioning the whole time, prayer and fasting. So prayer, we're going to be talking about prayer. Listen, prayer was a significant, significant aspect of Jesus' life and ministry. Throughout his ministry, you would find Jesus going to isolated places where he would pray and then after that, he would go and he would do amazing work. There was a very clear connection between Jesus' prayer life in private and his powerful ministry in public. In fact, it was so clear, it was so visible that his disciples comes to him at some point and say, Jesus, because Jesus told them as well that like certain demons can only be driven out by prayer and fasting. So this is direct connection that's been drawn so they go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And I don't know about you, but I think most of us know deep in our hearts, most of us understand that prayer is important and that prayer is powerful. But, that's the big but, we don't always feel it's that easy, right? Maybe you're one of those people who feel like maybe prayer is just not for me. I know people who can really pray. I'm not one of them. I get to like two minutes and then I'm done. I don't know what to say. Or I really struggle to, to pray, to find the time to, um, to know what to say. Um, or I pray and I just don't get an answer. So maybe it's not for me. Maybe you feel like prayer is always a chore. It is, there's no more joy in it. The joy disappeared and it's like this thing that you have to tick on, off on your to-do list. And you're like, my prayer life is without joy. Maybe you just don't understand how it works. You're like, it's important, but I don't get how it works. Because sometimes God says yes when I pray about something. And he answers it and it's miraculous. And other times, just nothing. Like, what is going on? How on earth do this work? And I believe that one of the biggest struggles that we face in our prayer life, one of the reasons why we struggle so much, is, that because, is because we do not have a prayer life that is in agreement with God's will and His plan for prayer. When I use the word in agreement, I, I, um, I googled the word and said like agreement meaning. It says it so beautifully. It also says that it's about being in harmony. So we struggle with our prayer life because it's not in harmony. It's not in agreement with what God wants for our prayer life. Our prayer life needs to wake up. You remember the dry bones? Maybe your prayer life is like that. 
I believe most of us need an awakening. Most of us need a revival when it comes to our prayer life. And that is our topic today. The fourth topic in our series, Wake Up, is called In Agreement. The fourth topic of the series is In Agreement. And today, I'm not going to read a scripture first and then talk about it. What we're going to do today is we're going to look at three three ways in which we can bring our prayer life into alignment, into agreement, into harmony with how God wants it to be, with what God wants for it, with God's plan for our prayer life. So we're going to look at three ways in which we can bring our life into agreement and three texts that help us to make sense of it. So if you've got your Bibles with you, you can open it. will also be on the screen, um, the, the text that we're going to read. But, but maybe keep it open and, and highlight it on your Bible app or highlight it in your Bible so that you can remember um, these points of the words of Jesus. So we're going to look at three texts. All three of them are, are, are given to us directly by Jesus. It's Jesus' own words where he teaches us something about prayer. And the first one comes from John 16 verse 23 to 24. John 16, verse 23 to 24 in the New Living Translation, Jesus says this, I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, not indirectly, you can go to him directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. So ask and he will give to you. That's what Jesus says, because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name. And you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Your prayer life will not be a chore. Your prayer life will not be mediocre. You will have joy. Guys, the first thing that I think that that we need to bring into agreement, into harmony with God's plan, is we need to be in agreement with Jesus. Jesus says that we can go to God directly, to the Father directly. And maybe that sounds obvious to you. But listen, guys, when I read certain scriptures in the Bible, I sometimes wonder, are we even allowed to go before God? Are we even allowed to pray big and powerful prayers? Can I stand before God and ask Him for something? And, and you might be like, yes, Louis, we, we can. But, but listen to, to something like this, Psalm 23, verse 3 to 4. The psalmist writes, he says, who can go up the mountain of God? So who can, who can appear before this holy God? And he says, only those who's got clean hands and a pure heart. Now let me ask you this, do you have clean hands? Do you have a pure heart? Because I don't always have clean hands and a pure heart. So when I read something like that, I'm like, it almost sounds as if I'm not allowed to go before this amazing God and pray big, bold prayers because I'm not worthy to be in front of Him. Now, let me tell you, that is the truth. We are not worthy to be in front of God because we are not perfect and He is a perfect, holy God. But with Jesus, everything changed. You see, Jesus brings something to his disciples, something completely new, radical that no one's heard of before, talking directly to the Father. How crazy is that? You have to go through the priest and through the temple and into the most holy part to talk directly to God. Jesus says, no, no, everything changes with me. Because it's so easy. Since we are little, we, we know this phrase, right? Jesus died for our sins. Like, okay, that's cool. But what does it mean? Why did he die? And just when I look at prayer, it makes such beautiful sense to me. You see, Jesus died in order to qualify us to come into God's presence. We are, we were unqualified. We weren't clean. We weren't pure. So we couldn't be before this holy God. 
but Jesus qualifies us. He forgives us our sin. So when God couldn't previously look at us because of all this brokenness and sin and messiness in our lives, now, despite the fact that you have brokenness and messiness in your life, God looks at you and because of the forgiveness that we've received through Jesus, He doesn't see your mess. He doesn't see your brokenness. God looks at you and He sees you as clean and pure. You see, Jesus also died so that we can be adopted as children of God. He said you can go to, you can speak directly to the Father. That was a weird phrase. Okay, no one called God the Father. But Jesus tells us that when we believe in Him, we receive the right to be called children of God. So we are adopted into the family of God. So when God, when we come before God's throne with a prayer, He doesn't look at us and He's like, Hey, who are you? You're you're an interesting stranger. Tell me a little more. No, no. God looks at you and He sees a son. He sees a daughter. He sees someone He loves, someone He cares about, someone He wants to help and take care of. So guys, we go before God. Not because of ourselves. It's not because we're so good. It's not because we're perfect. But we can go before God because of Jesus. Jesus tells them here, use my name. Because this this is mind-blowing. Pray in the name of Jesus. And maybe you've done this since you were little. If you grew up in a house that was that had any Christian roots, you were probably told to pray in Jesus' name. Amen. But what does that mean? Now, a simple illustration to help you understand this is imagine a billionaire, a very famous person comes to you and they tell you, listen, use my name, use my credit card, use my resources for whatever you need. You walk into a store, you tell them, hey, I'm here um, on behalf of, and here's the card and you swipe it and you just get whatever you want. That is using the name and the authority and the power of someone who's got more money and more power and more authority than you have. But here's the trick. The businessman will tell you this or the famous person, the the billionaire will tell you this. Everything you do, everything you buy, everything you say needs to be in alignment, needs to be in agreement with my taste and values because he doesn't want you to shame him in public. Now, this is basically what we mean when Jesus gives us his name. We go to God through Jesus. We use his name. We use his power. We use his authority. So when we go to God, we have incredible authority when we pray. It's almost we we go to God and pray with the same power that Jesus would pray with as if Jesus was praying himself because we're praying in his name. In his name, we've got unlimited authority and we've got unlimited resources and power available to us. That is what Jesus is saying. You have access to the Father. Now go, not just as someone with no authority, no power, no name. Go as my representative. Go with my name, my authority, my power. So the first thing, maybe you're struggling with prayer because you're not in agreement with Jesus. You haven't decided to follow him yet. You haven't given him your life. You're not praying in his name. You're not going in his authority. If you don't live, if you don't pray in agreement with Jesus, you will have a half, half asleep prayer life. That's just what it is. If you reverse what Jesus said, it, it will kind of be this. You get nothing because you do not pray in my name. Or if you do not pray in my name, no prayer will be answered. That's almost, if you reverse it, what it would have said. 
So maybe you are a Christian. Maybe you are praying in the name of Jesus. And you're like, Louis, but still I get a no. Like, why do I get a no if I pray in the name of Jesus? Am, am I not then supposed to just get everything I want? And the answer is, remember, everything needed to be in the taste and the values of the billionaire You're, when you swiped his card, right? When you spoke um, for him. Now, the difference between us and Jesus is that Jesus is always in complete alignment with his father. He will never ask for something that's not in alignment with God's will and God's plan. And that is where the second thing comes in. Not only do we need the name of Jesus, but we also need to be in alignment, in agreement in another area. And we're going to go one chapter back. So John 15 um, verse 7. Just before Jesus, the words that we just read, Jesus teaches the disciples this and he tells the people this. He says, if you remain in me, so if you have me, if you know me, if you love me, if you follow me, if, if I am the, the Lord and the Savior of your life and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Because the second thing is we need to be in agreement with the word. Jesus says, if you remain in me, we kind of covered that in the first part. And then he says, and if my words remain in you, if my words abide in you. You see, praying and asking cannot just be in the name of Jesus, but it has to be in alignment with Jesus' words, with God's will that is revealed to us in the Bible, in his word. Prayer starts with knowing what the Bible says about my situation. If we want our prayers to be effective, we need to align them with the Word of God. The Word of God is His revelation. He's a reflection of truth. That is His bigger plan for humanity and for us. So we need to be in alignment with His Word. You see, prayer is not about getting God to do what I want. But it is aligning myself with what God already wants me to do. I'm going to say that again. Prayer is not about getting God to do what I want, but about me doing what God wants me, already wants me to do. And we can focus so much, especially in this world driven by, by advertising and consumerism and stuff. We can focus so much on our own comfort and our own needs and our own preferences that I don't even take the time to examine what God's word has to say about my situation. We need to hear what he's saying. You see, because it doesn't help us to pray and then ask God to bless something that he has already told us, that he's already directed us in his word not to do, that he's already said is against his will. Let me give you some examples. And I've actually heard this before, where people will come to me and say, Louis, I have this relationship with, with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or with someone, and it's not going well, and I've asked God to bless it, but still He's not blessing it. Let me ask you a couple of things. One, are you living together, but you're not married? God's word is clearly saying, we shouldn't do that. Are you dating an unbeliever? The Bible says it's an unequal yoke. That shouldn't happen. God cannot bless it. Um, if, if it's not a heterosexual relationship between one man and one woman, God cannot bless it because his word is very clear on what his picture is for relationships. 
when it comes to business. It doesn't help you to pray and say, God bless my business, but you're mistreating people. Your business is not honoring God. How can God bless it if it's not in agreement, if it's in opposition to his word? When it comes to finances, how can we say, God bless my finances, but I am not tithing. I'm not living generously with this. I'm not honoring God through my finances. How can I say, God, expand my time give me more time for everything i have to do and god is like but you're not putting me first with the time you already have so how can i bless your time you see we need to be in agreement in alignment with the word of god because when we go against his revealed will his will is already revealed in his word it will only produce pain and discomfort god cannot bless it if it's against his word if it's against his will, and we will be disappointed and we will live in discomfort every time because we're going against his grain. So we need to be in agreement with Jesus. We need to follow him. We need to pray in his name. We need to be in agreement with the truth of God's word. And maybe you're saying like, Louis, I'm trying to do all of that. I'm really seeking answers in his word about situations in my life, but still my answer is a no. There's a third thing that we need to be in agreement with. And this one takes it a step deeper. This takes it to a lot of introspection, a heart level. And we're going to read from Matthew 6. In Matthew 6, the disciples went to Jesus and they asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. And after Jesus taught them how to pray, he talked about the cares and the worries of this life, about our comforts and our needs. And then he says this in Matthew 6 verse 33. He says, but... Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So Jesus is saying before you want everything else, first seek God's kingdom and the rest will naturally follow. You see, we need to be in agreement with Jesus, in agreement with his word, but we also need to be in agreement with his kingdom. Guys, this is heart level. This is about Things that motivate you. What is your motivation of your heart? Often our motivation when we pray is just about what we can get. God give me this and this and this and help me with this and that. But the reality is when it comes to our life, the Bible is clear that our purpose is to glorify God. God wants to, and to worship Him. God wants to be glorified through us. And he doesn't share the glory. He doesn't share it with kings or presidents or famous people. And he doesn't share it with you and me. He wants to be glorified through us. And that is why when Jesus taught the disciples to pray in Matthew 6 verse 9, hear how Jesus teaches them. Hear how it starts out. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So Jesus teaches them and he's like, it starts with the holiness, with the glory of God's name, with his kingdom and his will. And it's about that spreading and, that, and him being glorified across the earth. That's why Jesus is saying in Matthew 6 verse 33, seek first the kingdom. It is about him, about his glory, about his kingdom, about his will first. So why do you want a happy marriage? Is it just to be happy? Or is it because you really want God to be glorified through your marriage? Why are you praying for your children? Is it just to keep them out of trouble? Or is it because you really want your children to reflect the glory of God? 
Why are you praying for your finances and your business to be blessed and to grow? Is it just because you want to buy something new and flashy or drive a better car or buy a bigger house? Or is it because you want God to be glorified through your finances? Because you want God to be glorified through your business? This is heart level. This is the deep stuff. You see, but when the focus of my prayer is on my own relief and my own happiness and not the glory of God, I will get disappointed when I don't see an answer. Because I'm like, why is God not answering this immediately? Because I need happiness. I need relief. But the thing is, even if God answered all of those prayers for selfish reasons, you will still not be happy. You will still not be fulfilled. Because God created me and God created you to only find true fulfillment and happiness when we are living for His glory. If we don't live for His glory, no matter what we have, we will never truly find fulfillment and happiness. You see, the motives of our prayer should be the glory of God. Regardless of my comfort, regardless of my preference, regardless of my current circumstances. So when we want to see an effective and powerful prayer life, when you want to hear, see your prayers answered, we need to be in agreement with Jesus. We need to be in agreement with His Word, with His will for our life. And we need to be in agreement with His kingdom, with His glory. And I want to tell you today that being in agreement with God is a choice on your part. I cannot make the choice for you. You need to make a choice and I need to make a choice. For me to be in agreement with Jesus, with His Word, and with His Kingdom. It is a heart attitude that is set on glorifying God. It's a heart attitude where I'm saying like, God, I want to be living according to Your will and Your purpose for my life. And you can choose not to do that. But if your prayer life stays asleep, if you're not in agreement with Him, if it goes against the grain of what God wants for your prayer life, then the worries and the needs of this world will cripple your prayer life every time. It, it will be like someone is tripping you. Every time you want to pray in authority and with power, someone is tripping you. And that's all the needs and all the worries that you're preoccupied with instead of God's beauty and His glory. But before we end, I want to say this. Maybe you are truly passionate about Jesus and His kingdom and His word. And you're like, Louis, I'm praying in His name. I'm following Jesus. I'm seeking His will in His word. Um, I, I'm truly examining my heart and trying to put His kingdom first. But still, I'm hearing nothing. Still, there's nothing. Why? I want to tell you today that, that just because you have to wait doesn't mean that God is not hearing you and doesn't mean that God said no. Most answers to our prayers involve a much bigger picture than what we can know or understand. So we think we're praying for this one thing, but God sees the complete picture. And maybe He's not answering you yet because He's setting up the stage for the miracle to happen. Maybe He's not answering you yet because He's preparing you for the challenge or the blessing. That, will, that this answer to your prayer life will bring. We have to wait on God. I can't tell you how long you have to wait, but you have to wait. And when I'm saying wait, I'm not mean go and lie in your bed and, and wait passively. Waiting on God is an active thing. 
It's an active wait. A wait by engaging him in a process that makes more room for his kingdom and his world to come in my own life. So if, this, if you are in a season of waiting, maybe you are. I want to tell you, do not lose hope. Engage the process and remain confident that God has not only heard you, but that He loves you and that He wants the best for you. I want to close with Romans 8.28. It says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him. Those who have been called according to His purpose. God is working for your good. Trust Him. Stay engaged in the process. And if you're still struggling with prayer and you want more on prayer, we did a whole series on prayer. I think it was in 2019. Go to our YouTube. Go to podcasting platforms. Go and give it a listen. We go into much more detail and and maybe that will help you. But stay engaged in the prayer process. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that during these 21 days that we can create space for your kingdom and your will to come in our lives. I pray that during this time that our prayer life will just be elevated to a next level. That it will be filled with authority and power. The authority and power of Jesus. I pray that our prayers will be answered because they are not selfish. Because they're not seeking our own glory. But because our prayer life is aligned with your will for our life. With your purpose for our life. And with your glory and your kingdom. May your will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. We pray it in Jesus name. Amen.